Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Malavalalay and welcome to the World in Sport. I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week there's silverware aplenty for the PNG cricketers, Samoa netball team and Fiji hockey. Samoa miss out on the World Softball Championships and Auckland City's fairy tale run continues. But first, it's been a horror finish for the Pacific teams at the Port Elizabeth round of the World Rugby Seven Series, won by the hosts, South Africa. For the second week running, Ben Ryan's team were knocked out of title contention by Australia, with Fiji ending on a shock 21-14 defeat to the USA in the plate final. South Africa beat New Zealand 26-17 in the cup final to overtake Fiji at the top of the overall standings. The disappointing result comes after a last-minute deal was struck to allow the live TV broadcast of the tournament in South Africa to be shown in Fiji. Last weekend, World Rugby, formerly the IRB, stopped the TV feed from the Dubai Sevens after discovering that the Fiji government had imposed a decree requiring matches to be shared across all television channels. Jamie Tahana reports. Tonight, as this bulletin goes to air, World Rugby has confirmed that there has been a possible breakthrough in talks with the Fiji government. The last-minute announcement was made just in time for the 6 o'clock news on Friday night, ending a week of uncertainty about whether the South Africa League of the Sevens World Series would be broadcast in Fiji. The week-long spat began when World Rugby discovered that the government had passed a decree which required Fiji TV, the exclusive rights holder, to share its feed with other TV stations or risk a massive fine and 10-year jail sentence. In response, World Rugby withheld the broadcast of last week's Dubai Sevens. This triggered outrage, and on Wednesday, Fiji's opposition called an urgent debate in Parliament to discuss the suspension with MPs calling it a matter of national urgency. We were denied watching this very important thing, the sevens, over the weekend. And Order 46, as I have read it, recommends, even if we don't enact it, we're not asking for amendment, we can recommend to the government to make changes as are necessary to allow us to watch the games. The opposition wanted the entire decree to be repealed, saying it was unworkable. But the Attorney-General, Aya Saeed Kayum, says the law exists to allow all corners of Fiji to view events that hold public importance. This law that is in place in Fiji is nothing unique. There are many other countries in the world. These cross-carriage events allows people who only have access free-to-air television to be able to watch these important events. It is also a given fact that not all the TV free-to-air television stations in Fiji have the ability to cover the entire country. Fiji TV declined interview requests, but did release a statement saying it wholly supported the decree and found it strange that World Rugby was attempting to question the government as to why Fiji TV should share its broadcast, saying it was a matter between the government and broadcasters. But that's not how World Rugby saw things. 
In a letter to Mr Said Kayum, its head of legal affairs said similar sharing arrangements in other countries were only agreed to after consultation with World Rugby. It also disputed claims made by the Attorney-General in both the media and Parliament that World Rugby had no objections to the feed being shared. We remind the Fiji government that World Rugby is based outside of the jurisdiction of Fiji and Fijian law does not have extraterritorial effect. For the record, World Rugby never indicated to the Fiji government our position and specifically we did not indicate or specify that we had no objections to the sharing of exclusive rights. World Rugby says it was forced into withholding the broadcast feed because the government refused to enter into meaningful dialogue. An opposition MP and former chair of Fiji Rugby, Bill Navoka, says the debacle was completely avoidable and many in Fiji have been angry. Oh, mate, you should have listened to, to the airwaves around here, mate, over the last couple of uh, weeks. It's all in the government's court on how they thoughtlessly went about this without considering the views of IRB. With an angry sevens-deprived populace, the government and Fiji TV have spent the past week in intense negotiations with World Rugby to regain coverage. And on Friday evening, a deal was reached, with Fiji's government agreeing to remove World Rugby events from the decree. In exchange, World Rugby offered Fiji TV the right to sub-license on terms agreeable to it in order to protect World Rugby's commercial revenues. Fiji TV will cover the whole tournament, while state-owned FBC will play games in which Fiji is playing. However, the amendments to the decree cannot be made until Parliament sits again in February. But with the promise of amendments, Fijians will this weekend get to see their country try and hold on to their lead in the World Series. This is Jamie Tahana. Meanwhile, Samoa didn't fare any better in Port Elizabeth over the weekend, losing their first four matches against New Zealand, England, Japan and Wales, just scraping past Zimbabwe in the Shield semi-finals before losing the final 1914 to Portugal to slip to seventh in the world standings. Samoa is already targeting a place at the 2017 World Softball Championships after coming up short in their bid to qualify for next year's event in Canada. The Tanifa finished third in the Oceania Qualifier Series in Auckland over the weekend, losing all four of their matches against world champions New Zealand and eventual winners Australia. Despite all three countries being ranked in the top seven, just two advanced to next year's World Championships in Saskatoon. Samoa coach Rob Siolo says the prospects for 2017 are a lot better. In the end, you know, it's not the result that we were looking for, but in terms of facing the two best teams in the world, for us it's a valuable measure of about uh, where we're at um, in terms of um, what we need to do and what we need to get right in terms of competing at this level. You know, that said, you know, with more time together, we started to improve. We improved in terms of our decision-making and our execution throughout the tournament. And, you know, that's something that um, we've got to take on board, and we will, and, and look to improve moving forward, yeah. Do you think Samoa is a, a team that, you know, suits sort of a, a tournament format where, you know, you have that more time together? And I, I think that's quite often the case with uh, the Pacific teams in a number of sports where they don't get a lot of time together. And when you have a, a longer tournament, which, of course, this wasn't, um, you know, you can sort of build throughout, as, as was shown at that World Series last year. Time together is key. I mean, for us, you know, we're limited in terms of our preparation, the numbers of players, our resources, all those sorts of things. So when we get together, um, we're able to work within a family environment, and it's, it's that sort of environment that helps us form for each other. And so 
time together is something that's really key for us and uh, unfortunately that's not something that we had a lot of uh, in terms of leading into this tournament and you know the time over this tournament but um, even with that limited time you know our, our decision making improved and our execution improved throughout that tournament throughout the four days that we're together. You haven't qualified for the world champs next year so uh, what are the prospects of uh, more matches for Samoa and, and more time together in the years to come? I guess that's something that, um, that we need to uh, view and, and take stock of and you know in terms of um, just looking towards the next couple of years I mean obviously you know you're right we haven't qualified for the World Series this time but uh, the next World Series um, is open um, by open I mean that there isn't a, a qualifying series to be had it's basically um, you, know, you apply and, and, and uh, whoever can uh, get there basically gets in so that's in 2017 so we've already talked about that and um, the, the boys that were there at this qualifying series tournament have all committed to being there for 2017 so it's a great start for us and um, you know, lots of planning and, and um, fundraising and what have you needs to go into ensuring that we get uh, the best team possible to that event wherever it may be and um, at this stage we don't know where that may, may be but um, we're committed to going and that's, uh, that's a good thing from our perspective. You know we talked about how interesting it was that three of the top seven and only two got to go through for next year. But um, now that they've sort of changed it to have every two years now to have one of these tournaments, I guess that does create more opportunities to, to go on a more regular basis. And, and from what you're saying there, they've obviously changed the format a little bit in terms of qualification. So for a number of other countries, uh, that's a positive sign. Absolutely positive sign. I think, uh, you know, it's important to grow the, grow the game globally. And, and um, you know, it's important to... Um, ensure that the teams who are able to perform, have that potential to perform at that top level, you know, the top eight and what have you, you know, regularly get that opportunity to attend the World Series. And uh, obviously this one here was a bit of a challenge because we had that, you know, two of the top best teams and, you know, ourselves at number seven. It's only going to be a good thing to open this up to um, to make it truly global. See Samoan softball coach Rob Siolo. Samoa won the Nations Cup netball tournament in Singapore at the weekend, beating the hosts 50-41 in Saturday's final. Samoa were the top-ranked side alongside Singapore, Botswana, Malaysia, Papua New Guinea and Ireland. Head coach Marcia Hardcastle says her players surprised even themselves by going through the tournament unbeaten. I knew we were short of game time because of our off-season here and I knew Singapore did quite well at their other competition where they've got to do exactly what we did at PNS Fair to qualify for the World Cup. What were your expectations going I, in? I think the tournament this time around, I think Singapore had really set their goal on to, to actually win it this time. They've never won their own tournaments. In saying that, though, they were very fit, lean athletes, still lacking in game knowledge like we have. We've you know played it for a long time, Pacific Islands and the um, New Zealand outfit. I guess our girls were bigger girls, stronger, as in power. And they played very well, though. I won't take it away from our girls. They played really well. We were down by six going into third quarter in the finals. And we won that quarter by 17-5, I think it was. Yeah, and you had two games against Singapore, of course, if you include the final there. Uh, having the team in pressure situations like the one you've just mentioned there and, and coming up against a host country that's very expectant in front of their home fans, uh, yeah. that, that obviously bodes well to have the team in, in those sorts of situations and come out on top as you lead into 2015, which is, of course, a, a massive year for, for netball in general. And, of course, every individual country has their own goals going into that too. Yes. We go to Fiji to play Fiji and New Zealand, the Ferns, in January. So we, we go there on the 20th. 
were you guys kept in the loop or were you guys invited after the fact? Or, I mean, obviously it's not something you say oh, no, no to. No, no, we've been kept in the loop for a wee while, but it just hadn't been confirmed properly, that's all. We knew down the track. What's good about the um, Pacific Islands, they work together to help each other, so I guess that's what Fiji and Samoa are working together, that we go into the World Cup, like, at least having some sort of competition, because we've only got one more after this, which is the Pacific Cup Series, and, and that's in July. In terms of your team, uh, Marcia, were there, were there many changes going in? Uh, what, what What's your squad like, sort of, in terms of settling um, well, and who you've got available? We're trying to keep it open, so I changed the two that went to Raro. I changed two of the, the team because I said it's all about being performance based, and um, that everyone had to be be kept honest because it wasn't just about going over for a holiday. So I changed two combinations. I brought two new girls in, and one I hadn't seen play before, and they yeah they did, both did very well actually. So I guess after the Silver Ferns and Fiji trip. We're looking to retrial again for another squad for 2015. We've got a bigger pool. Like I took away, there was six young girls there, all under the age of 21 that I took away. So for me, it was about making sure that they got court time for us to grow the garden bigger for Samoa. So that was really, really good we could do that. And what's the sort of catchment like at the moment? Were there any from Samoa in this one? Was it a bit of a mix? No, no. None from Samoa this time. There's a couple of girls back home working hard to make the team to go to Pacific Series because in that series we play and you have to have a Samoan passport. So most of these girls need to get a passport if they want to be available for that competition. 2015 uh, World Cup, Marcia ranked 14th going into the Nations Cup. Obviously that a very good performance there at the weekend. Uh, how do you sort of see next year panning out? What, what What's the target? Goal is to be in the top 10. And that's something that you believe is obviously very attainable? Yes. Is the group more assured of themselves now that obviously you've been in charge for a while now and, and obviously the performances have been clicking of late? Is, is there a growing confidence within the team? Oh, yeah, very much so. Yvonne came in and did a session for me before we left and she couldn't believe on how they had moved forward the whole squad had moved forward from when she saw them in July this year. Let's see Samoa netball coach Marcia Hardcastle. Papua New Guinea cricket coach Dipak Patel was full of praise for his team after they defended their South Australian Premier League T20 title in dramatic fashion. The Barramundis beat the Southern Force by one wicket in Saturday's final, reaching their target of 121 with three balls to spare. Patel says coming at the end of a gruelling schedule, his players showed great fortitude when it mattered. We did it against all odds. It's been a very hectic and pretty long period of, of cricket for, for the guys and been away from home. And the fact that we had to play two games uh, back-to-back as well yesterday in, in, in probably 30-plus heat. So uh, we only had half an hour between the games. So, uh, yeah, we did it the hard way. And yet the boys performed uh, outstandingly, to be honest with you. And uh, very dramatic at the end there. I think three balls to go, wasn't it? Last wicket in hand. So, uh, you know, were you, were you getting a few more grey hairs watching, were you? <laughs> yeah, I've got plenty, and I've probably added to a fair bit, I must admit. Um, to be honest with you, we, we should have won it uh, quite comfortably. But, yeah, we lost our way a little bit towards the sort of the middle to, uh, uh, towards the end. But uh, I suppose we, we made it a little bit more dramatic than, than we should have done. We can't complain. Speaking with Legacy Aka, he said that he thought it was harder this year. What, what did you make of the standard of, of the competition? No, I must admit, uh, I was just quietly impressed with uh, the, the quality of cricket, and certainly Saka do a very, very good job. 
uh, in providing the, the cricket they, they need for their players, but tagging us onto it as well, uh, it certainly helps our, our cause in, in a major way. And we, we, we can't be more thankful than we are, uh, to be honest with you, to the South Australian Cricket Association. Uh, they organise it very well. Uh, the facilities and training facilities, the wickets, the pitches, everything they do is first class and uh, we can't speak highly enough. It's been a long period, hasn't it, with you know the Sacker League, you've been back and forth a couple of times, you've been up in Darwin, you've had the big bash up at home, which I think was just after you got appointed, you've had a lot of your players playing club cricket in Australia as per usual, you had the, the one-dayers, uh, which was very historic, uh, the first ones, and, and here you are in South Australia again, uh, Christmas not far around the corner, I imagine some of them will be looking forward to uh, resting up or having a little bit of a break. Your summary was just about summed it up for, for, from, from our players' perspective. To be away for nearly four and a half months away from their families and, and having to train train and play and travel, uh, you put all that together. There wouldn't be too many countries around the world who'd do that <laughs> as much as these guys. But I think the, the one thing that stands out the most is the fact that, that they've been away from their families and yet they'll still front up and, and, and they'll put their brave faces on, but then when they get out in the middle on the green grass, they they certainly know how to perform and they're certainly impressing me every time um, we, we, we go out and play. And uh, Dipak, you obviously came into the job, uh, a, a team that had already had a lot of successes uh, and, and you were sort of thrown right in there with uh, you know matches uh, immediately um, with the year basically at an end now. I mean, and you, you, have you had a chance to look back and, and sort of reflect on your first sort of few months in time and have you seen progress from the players since you've uh, been in charge? Oh yes, uh, more than, yeah, more than progressed. We've had to Put a lot of the new structures and, and processes in place, and certainly they, they've warmed to the task. Um, they, you know, they they didn't have a lot of direction in terms of the, the, the sort of the fine focus, and certainly cricket awareness. That's the main areas that we've targeted. And uh, yeah, look, I, I think there's still a lot lot of room for improvement, and that's the the, the great challenge that we we still face. If we can untap this huge talent that they possess, it's a pretty exciting time for cricket PNG, and uh, and uh, certainly I'll, I'll have time over the Christmas period to be able to reflect and start planning for for next year. That's the PNG cricket coach Dipak Patel. Oceania football champions Auckland City are one win away from a dream matchup against European giants Real Madrid at the FIFA Club World Cup in Morocco. The amateur side from New Zealand upset local champs Maghreb Tetuan last week before claiming the scalp of African champions Entente Satif from Algeria in the quarterfinals. That set up a blockbuster tie against Argentina's South American champions San Lorenzo on Thursday with the winner to advance to the final where they'll play European champions Real Madrid. Auckland City will double their prize money to four million US dollars if they can progress to the final match with third place receiving two and a half million US. Fiji have qualified for round two of the World Hockey League with both the men and women going unbeaten through the first round in Suva last week. The Fiji men are due to compete in Singapore in January while the women are due to travel to India in March provided funding is found. Vanuatu have already been invited back next year after impressing at the Australia Beach Soccer Cup in Wollongong over the weekend. The Pacific side finished third behind Thailand and hosts Australia despite beating the eventual champions in pool play. Vanuatu came from behind to beat Thailand 3-2 in extra time before losing 7-6 to Australia, also in extra time. Thailand opted to play Australia in the tournament final despite Vanuatu having a better goal difference and won the match 5-4, although Vanuatu have been invited back next year. 
and three Papua New Guinea Hunters rugby league players will take up contracts with the NRL sides in Australia in the new year. Watovo Poada and Thompson Tete will join Premier's South Sydney in January on a six-week trial, while 19-year-old Stanton Albert will join his brother Wellington at the Penrith Panthers on a two-year deal. And that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening. Botox Cosmetic, Atabotulinum Toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.